welcome to the Chocolate Cake Bites podcast. This is a podcast where we will discuss the sweet nuggets of goodness that come from living the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Ken Williams. The opinions, attitudes, thoughts, and ideas that we discuss are those of the hosts and guests and are not necessarily a reflection of the actual doctrines of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thanks for listening and enjoy this week's conversation. Welcome to this week's episode of the Chocolate Cake Bites podcast. This week, I am going to share a few thoughts that I did for a digital fireside, which uh, is why the audio is a little bit different. This has some ideas on how to be better, not bitter, when trials come our way. Thanks for listening. Well, so excited to hear your perspective on on how to take the trials that we experience and we, we so that we can become better from them and not better. I know that you and I have talked a lot about this topic because you've you've become a life coach and so excited to hear your perspective on 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 this. So go ahead and take it away, Ken. All right. Well, I've had a couple of thoughts as, as I've been thinking about this, and you don't have to leave that picture of me up. Um, the first thing I wanted I want to talk about is the fact that our the circumstances of our life are things that we largely don't have any control over. There are things that happen. They may happen um, outside of us. They may be things like the weather. Um, they may be things like um, who our parents are. It, it could be what somebody says to us or, or what somebody does. And for, for many of those things, we don't have any control over those things. And so really, the way that we approach our circumstances, the way that we think about them, the way that we react to them or act towards them is where we're going to find that that differentiation between better and better. And so I want to I want to share a couple of um, of experiences. Let me start with uh, a recent week. I work at FedEx and uh, FedEx, we work overnight and um, some some nights are not as great as other nights. So for example, Thursday night. I work Monday through Thursday. So Thursday night, um, we were going to be experiencing bitter cold temperatures in, in Indianapolis. And I got, I started getting uh, text messages that some of the key players for my team were um, were not going to be in. They had called in. And I remember thinking, oh, it's, it's going to be a crazy night. And it was absolutely a crazy night. And um, I'll talk a little bit more about, about that and how to approach it in a few minutes, but uh, the way that that I I can I can choose to think um, bitter thoughts about that, and I have no control. I'm not. I can't go to to uh, my team member's house and drag him out of bed and tell him that no, he's not as sick as he says he is. I can. I just have to deal with the situation, and so I can deal with it in a, in a bitter way or in a better way. Um, let me tell you a story about uh, my wife. This was one of the most transformational experiences in my life about 14 years ago, 15 years ago. Um, she was pregnant with our youngest son and about eight months pregnant. She had called me up. She was out delivering newspapers trying to get a, um, a, a few, earn a few extra dollars so we could pay some bills down. He was number five in our family. Um, our kids were born in alphabetical order, which is a, a fun fact. We have Allison. I don't know which number we're going to go with. Allison, Brennan, Carissa, Dalton, and Edison. So this is Edison. So she was out delivering papers. 
Carissa wasn't feeling well, so she stayed home from school and Dalton was not old enough to go to school. And so it was the two of us at home and then my sweet wife was out delivering papers trying to earn uh, a few extra dollars. And she called me up and said she was uh, not feeling really well and uh, it was bad enough that her vision was kind of blurry. She couldn't see the paper that she was looking at to, to know where she was supposed to deliver this paper. She did this a lot of times as a substitute. And so she called me up and said, can, can you come get me? I want you to drive me around. You can read the paper so I know where to go to, to drop off these papers and then um, we, can, we can earn the money. This was in the early days of cell phones. She was not great at carrying a cell phone with her. And so as I gathered my two kids together and it was mid-November and we had to find coats and shoes and kids at that age, uh, two and about seven, just are not good at putting their coats and shoes where they're supposed to go. So it took us a few minutes. I finally was able to um, get them in the car. We got down the street. I had no idea where she was. We were going to meet at the church. And I called to tell her we were on our way. No answer. We went to the church parking lot. She wasn't there. I called again. No answer. And she had told me where she was. So I drove. It was about a mile from the church. I drove down to the street where, where I knew she had started. But I had no idea where she was. And um, the, the street was blocked by a fire truck and an ambulance. So I couldn't go through. And I looked around. My first thought was something horrible has happened to her. But I looked around. I couldn't find any evidence that she was around or that anything had happened. And I thought, well, whoever lives in that house there, something horrible must have happened. And I feel bad for them, but I got to go see if I can find my wife. So I backed up. And as I backed up to turn around, I was able to see around a truck that was in the driveway. And the, uh, go ahead and pull that, that picture up, Mark. This is what I saw. So that's a firefighter. You don't see it in the picture, but um, they were using the jaws of life to pull her out of pull her out of the car. And my first my first reaction, this is a long time ago. I didn't know I was gonna get emotional about this. My first reaction was I had to run up and see if she was okay. As I ran up, there was a, a police officer who stopped me. He said, Sir, you can't go up there. I said, That's my wife. And so his first concern was is she diabetic? No, she's not. Does she have seizures? No, she doesn't. So I don't understand why, but he left and another one came up and he said, is she diabetic? <laughs> no. Does she have seizures? No. The third one came up. Is she diabetic? Same questions. No. Does she have seizures? No. And it finally crossed my mind. I need to tell them that she's pregnant. She's eight months pregnant. And he seemed to think that that was important for them to know. So he took off. They told me I couldn't get any closer. And so I just, I just waited. I couldn't do anything. And I remember thinking, I'm not going to freak out because I don't know if there's anything to freak out about. So a lot of things happened. They took her away with lights and sirens. They told me, don't try to keep up. I called my boss, told him I wasn't coming to work. I called my father-in-law. He came and got, got the kids. I went to the hospital. I'd never been to the hospital before. So I didn't know where I was going. I went through this maze, finally got to the emergency room. And when I told them who I was there to see, the, uh, the sweet girl at the emergency room desk uh, went back and brought the chaplain to the front. Well, the chaplain, when the chaplain comes to, to meet with you, 
it's not good news usually. And he invited me to, to go into the room, which was probably only about 10 feet by 15 feet. There were couches and chairs around the room. As I was uh, sitting down, he asked me to tell him the story. Tell me what happened. And I know enough about um, medical rules. I knew the chaplain, even if he knew anything about what had happened to my wife, he wasn't going to tell me. He was going to wait for the doctor to come in. And as I waited, a firefighter walked by with a cup of ice water. Here, you, you may need this. And so everything was adding up to this is not a good situation. And I, again, I remember thinking, I, I'm not going to freak out. This poor chaplain doesn't deserve my frustration if I were to let loose on him. And I thought, I'm just going to be as patient as I can. He, after I finished telling him what I knew, he said, well, the first thing I want to say is congratulations on the birth of your son. And I thought that might have been a result. And he said, and I'm going to get the doctor down here. He'll tell you what happened to your wife. What happened to my wife? That sounds very final. And I wasn't quite sure what to expect. And the doctor came in and the first thing he asked me was, is your wife a Latter-day Saint? And I said, yes, yes, she is. And he let me know that he was a member of the church as well. He said, just so you know, you had a Melchizedek priesthood holder working on it. And I felt instant, instant peace, instant relief. I still did not know what was, what was going on. I didn't know if she was alive. I didn't know anything at all other than I felt this instant peace from, um, I think it was a tender mercy from my father in heaven. And he told me very briefly what had happened. And then he said, he finally said, and she is alive. Do you want to see her? <laughs> yes, of course I want to go see her. So I went and saw her and it was a, it was a, a very long, long, uh, intense day in a lot of ways. And as I told the story to, to people, uh, people in the ward and family, and, and as I recounted the, the, the facts as I, uh, as I had experienced them, there were several people that, that expressed how awful this was. And I said, actually, no, it, that accident saved her life. We didn't know at the time that she had eclampsia, which is uh, high blood pressure. When they took her blood pressure, it was 200 over 100, which is dangerously high. And she's the type of person that's not gonna call for help for herself. So had she been at home, if she didn't have this newspaper job, she would have felt lousy, she would have gone upstairs and she probably would not have survived the afternoon. Then my sweet oldest daughter, Allison, would have come home to find her mother passed out or dead. And based on the urgent care that she needed, that's the result that I anticipate would have happened. Um, and I, so I, I, the way I have decided to look at this is that accident actually absolutely saved her life. The house that she hit, that she saw in that picture, the person that was there told me she's never home during the day. She was working on a project at home, happened to get up to go to lunch, decided, no, I'm gonna wrap things up, then I'll go. It was right as she finished that the car hit her house. And this sweet woman pointed to the four houses around her and she said, they're always home, but nobody else was home. She happened to be there to call, uh, to call for an ambulance. When they got to the hospital, there was an obstetrician on staff in the emergency room that happened to be, and I use air quotes, happened to be in the emergency room right when 
my wife got there. There is no accident. It was absolutely uh, a series of, of miraculous events that, that led to her um, the, her urgent care. And uh, she is fine. She has uh, she had both both of her ankles were broken. It was um, quite an adventure. But because I knew that her this series of events was absolutely divine in in a lot of ways she was blessed our family was blessed it was hard absolutely was hard i had things in my life that (laughs) i wasn't ready for a a wife in a wheelchair and uh with an infant son and four other kids life was hard um i'm going to change things up a little bit mark and let's let's just go to um well let me let me you can pull up the the cow picture as i talk about my fedex experience i work at fedex and we have our peak season from thanksgiving to christmas i'm not allowed to take time off and um, our volumes get higher the days or the nights get longer and it just can be a really intense really frustrating really exhausting period of time and to make things even more challenging one of my peer managers was out uh, for a multitude of things he was sick for a couple of weeks he had surgery so he was out for a couple of weeks he had training so he was out for several days and so I had to pick up his slack now remember the circumstance of our lives are is things that we don't have any control over so I can either have a, um, a bitter thought or I can have a better thought so pull up the, the cow picture, Mark. Something that um, I know holidays are, are hard for a lot of people. This is a gift that my son gave me. And I, it may be hard to see, but this is a gift wrapped cow ottoman. You can see kind of the, uh, the horns up at the top. The legs aren't really easy to see, but it's an ottoman shaped like a cow. Now, my kids especially love getting me cow gifts and the reason for that was as I was taking Allison to, out to college this is about eight years ago just randomly because I wanted her to think that there's something not quite right with her dad so that she would be careful about who she decided to introduce me to uh, as she met boys I was uh, we were driving through the middle of nowhere Iowa I rolled down the window there were cows in the, the, the pasture and I just started moving I started mooing at the cows. Moo! And there was no warning. It was just the two of us in the car. And she looked at me like, what is wrong with you? And I just decided to have some fun with it. I told her that we're, we're communicating. So cows have become a thing. They've been kind of a mascot. So I got wrapped up like cows, this cow ottoman for Christmas. I got a cow Christmas sweater, which was wrapped up like a cow. I got a, a cow uh, tie, a tie, not a tie tag, but a, a tie clip wrapped up like a cow. I had, uh, I got a cow print tie. I got cow print socks. I got cow games. I got all sorts of cow things. And the thing about cows is it's, it's just a, a way for us to find a way. It's a way for me to find joy. I know it is so fun for me to see how creative my kids get 
in their cow gifts. I've gotten cow pictures. That's what this picture is back behind me is uh, something that Allison found at a uh, at a thrift store. I've gotten cow mugs. I've gotten cow uh, calendars. And it's just, I've, I've decided that it's, it's a way for me to take something like the stress of the holidays and think about things better instead of thinking about things better. Um, the thing I want to leave you with is we can't often change what happens. We can't often... I was going to say, I was going to talk about opposition in all things. We have uh, joy, we have sadness, and, and that's important. It's, and, and we wouldn't want to feel joy about everything. Yeah, we wouldn't want to feel joy about everything. If you have something, if you have a, a, um, a dear friend pass away or a husband who passes away, you wouldn't want to find joy uh, in his passing necessarily, but you might find joy in the moments. And so find the cows. Find the cows in your life that might help you find the joy in the moments. Find ways of looking at the things that happen. That, yeah, things are tough. Life is hard. But there are ways that you can find the tender mercies. Find the hand of God in the events of life. If you do that, you'll find what you're looking for. I, I know it. I know that you'll find the the joy in the difficulties and as you do that as we do that we can make our lives bitter <laughs> we can make them bitter if we want we can make them better and not bitter and i share that in the name of jesus christ amen amen can i loved i loved the perspective that you shared with using a cow i mean cows are big things but i think the perspective that with that is that we can find we can find joy or gratitude or whatever in small things. Cow in a, with the, like a mariachi cow. Yeah, this was a birthday card from Allison. For oh, I love it. That's awesome. But it's the, it's the small things. As we look at the small things, that those can become big things, you know, like being able to breathe or being able to walk or, or enjoying the weather outside or whatever, whatever, or, or a cow, you know, that, right. that uh, those big things, those small things can end up becoming much bigger and better things in our lives when we when we look to the small things like cows, even though they're big things. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> wow, that that really went in a circle. <laughs> but thank you so much. That was that was really really powerful. Thank you for for sharing that perspective tonight. Thank you. Oh, Tanisha, you're muted. There we go. Is that better? There we go. Yeah. Okay. yeah I, you now. <laughs> I keep doing that. Um, no, I loved when you mentioned when you got to the hospital and the chaplain came and talked to you and then the doctor came in and you had made that, you'd gained the knowledge that he was a member of the church and just that instant relief that came over you. And for, for me, especially since I am a single mom and I have the opportunity to feel the power of the priesthood in my home and I don't have to have um, a, a male in in my house that's holding it, but just knowing that the priesthood was present within that situation, it, it it's and it's the power of God. Just that instant yeah. relief that came because of that. I love that. That's right, and it was it was so surprising to me that I did not. It did not matter to me what his next words were. I right, just knew right. it was going to be okay. Right. 
It's beautiful. I love that. I love just that Heavenly Father has promised us that he won't give us a trial that we can't bear. And I think in that moment for you, that was an unbearable situation. I can't imagine what it was right. like to sit there and look at that scene. And Heavenly Father held true on his promise and he gave you a nugget of hope and peace in order to sustain you doing, during something that was unimaginably traumatic. That's beautiful. Thank you for listening to Chocolate Cake Bites. Please like, share, subscribe, and give us a five-star rating and review. We'd love to hear your comments and ideas, and you can reach out to me at ken at chocolatecakebites.com. And before you end the day, take a few minutes to consider, who do you know who needs chocolate cake? <laughs>